What's going on, sweet people? We just wanted to take a quick moment and thank you guys. This podcast has been a passion project for me and Michael, and it has been taking off. We've been loving the feedback. We've been loving hearing from you guys. It's just an amazing thing that we get to do, and we just want to send all the gratitude towards you guys. So in our goal to grow and you know reach more gems and more stories, things like this are only possible because of outside support. And if you enjoy these shows, we would like to ask you to consider supporting the Forging Fury podcast. If you want to support us through your business and get some sponsor ads in return, you can get details about corporate sponsorships by uh, contacting Nicole Matera at Nicole at CrossFitFury.com. Or if you don't have a business to promote and you just want to support us directly, you can also visit our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Forging Fury and support us through there. Yeah. Without you guys, this would just be me and Michael talking to each other. So, Which would still be fun. But I mean, just no one would hear it. That's true. We're super grateful for any help that we get. And we really love you guys. And thank you again. The pain points we often start with aren't our pain points. They are culture's pain points that we're trying to feel like we've got to level up to shift. You're probably listening to us and going, yeah, well, BS, maybe you've you've been to the peak, right? So it's really hard when you have women like, okay, Amanda, that's all fine and dandy, but I haven't gotten to that place where I feel uber confident in my body yet. I want to share my experiences to just help you along the way so that when you get to that peak, you're not like, this is it. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> like you've done the internal work to understand that, you know, if you don't love your body now, the, the reality is when you get there, you're still not going to love your body. You're listening to the Forging Theory podcast, a show dedicated to bettering lives through fitness, nutrition, and inspiring stories from athletes of every stripe. This episode is brought to you by AZOPT, the CrossFitter's choice for physical therapy in Phoenix. With convenient locations in Goodyear, Buckeye, Glendale, and Tempe, their team of doctors are not only experts in biomechanics, they are themselves CrossFitters. Their knowledge and expertise of what it is to be a CrossFitter sets them apart. At AZOPT, you will only see a doctor of physical therapy, and you will never be handed off to a less qualified tech. If your body is not functioning at its best or you are experiencing pain, visit their website at azopt.net for your free CrossFit assessment. That's azopt.net. What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and alongside my best friend, Michael Gray, this is another episode of the Forging Fury podcast, and we are with a new friend, Amanda Walker. What is going on? Hello, I'm excited to be here, yes. especially with men. Men, yes. We're going to do a good job of uh, showing how manly we are here. Yes, it's going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, I'd rather, rather be around ladies. These guys are No, crazy. the truth is I've always felt in my like mentorship and with having coaches, I always learn best from men. It's only been when I started doing like my own growth work that I can finally feel connected to women. And that's really been like post 30. So. Wow. Okay. See, I can, I'm the exact opposite. Like I grew up with a single mom and like I learned a lot from my mother my whole life. And I think I learned better from, from females because I just never, I mean, I had coaches and like good coaches that were men along the way, but like Something about like learning from a woman for me is, is huge. It always yeah. takes a little bit faster when, when it's coming from uh, that kind of figure, I think. Yeah, and let's re- let's tell people too, remind them, we're actually broadcasting from CrossFit Incendia. This is our second episode we've done oh, here. Yeah. We did a previous one with uh, uh, Andrea Robinson and uh, 
Amanda's actually a coach here, and that's one of the reasons we want. She let us in. She got the keys to get us in. We wanted to talk about that a little bit. But thanks again to CrossFit and Cynthia for yeah, having we us. Yeah, appreciate it's a beautiful you guys. space. Right? It is very really nice. beautiful. I really enjoy it. It looks nice. I have to come. We have to come back and work out. Sometime. You guys, I was going to say you should come in. and drop in and work out with us. Oh, Just make sure coach? Andrea and I are here. Yeah, that okay. would be really or fun. Or a class I'm coaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet. All right. Nice. So if you don't know, that's what I do for a living as yes. well. So we share that as well. How long have you been coaching? Oh, over six years. We're my same boat. Yeah. Or did we just become best friends? I think so. Yes. It might have just why do, happened why do we always become, I always become best friends with She's our She's going to be invited to your birthday party, yeah, as totally. you like to say. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I fell into CrossFit after having my second kid. Nice. And my husband's in the law enforcement space, so that's, you know, functional fitness is the name of the game. And so he's like, come in, come do this thing with me. And then Incendia was literally just opening, opening up, and I was... I wasn't working out or I should say it was working part time budget was kind of an issue. And so we were kind of crossfitting on our own until the space opened up and I came in here. I was like, we're going to eat dinner out less, but we're going to do something so I can mm. afford the membership and then <laughs> fell in love with it. And I was like, I got a coach here. So you found CrossFit post baby, which is interesting. Um, how was that kind of process after having your child getting into something like this? Like, were you connected to your body in that way? Like, was it new for you or like, tell me how that process worked? Yeah, I mean, I've been an athlete all my life. I played competitive sports and have always kind of lifted for whatever coaches requested of me. And then I taught step aerobics and cycle nice. and all those kind of group fitness classes previous to that. But I definitely, the competitive nature of CrossFit is what sucked me in. And let's face it, it's bang for your buck and you're challenging yourself doing all these new things, um, you know, post 30, when you feel, you know, as a woman, um, you need to pour into yourself in some way. And I think CrossFit offered that to me. That's huge for women. Like this gives them a, another whole another thing that they really love and and personally, I like coaching women better than men anyways, because they listen a lot better. I won't take that personally. No, no, I'm looking at you. Oh, yeah, you I'm looking at personally, I'm looking at you. So your husband did CrossFit before, right? You were saying. Yes, okay. yes. He coached here too until recently. Okay. Did he ever come out and do a Fury 911 uh, competition out of CrossFit Fury? Or maybe he Furious. totally did. He and okay. one of so the other coaches um, that used to coach with us here won a co competition out there at Fury a couple was like, of years was ago. Was it Furious oh, okay. 5, 6, 7, oh 8, 9, gosh. 10, 11? I don't know. I know the, all I remember is the last wad was a uh, rope climbs and deadlifts mm. and like there couldn't have been a better combination picked for the two of them because he's like a really big guy okay. who can deadlift like a madman and his companion was rope climbing was monkey. it brian was brian the one <gasps> yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah. isn't that brian. the best feeling ever though when like you get the like the watermelon of a workout that's for you you're like today is my day <laughs> yes. no one can mess with me until the next day's hands yeah, exactly. push-ups, right. and then exactly. you're like well that it was nice yesterday. Yeah, yeah, right. Today I was on top and now I'm at the bottom. And that's one thing I've always loved about CrossFit is that like you have your day and then you have your worst day. Your best day and your worst day are in the same week and mm -hmm. kind of find that middle ground is always fun. You, if coaching, you've been coaching for six years. That's quite a while. Yeah. What is something you've learned in the last like six months as a coach that has helped you? I think that... Um stepping back. I think my business personally has helped me in coaching and vice versa, but the, the thing is understanding why everybody is showing up into the gym. Because I do think initially, um, when you come into CrossFit, you come in hot and you're like, Real. I want to know all the things. CrossFitter and syndrome. Yeah, exactly. And so what happens though is, you know, there is, there's some, and I don't know, I think Fury, we might have a slightly different dynamic, but um, these are just a lot of average 
people who want to feel above average in the gym. And for some people that might look like setting a back squat PR, but for some people that's like literally just coming through the door. And so I think something that's just been a seasonal transition for me too, is just understanding why are they here and speaking to that when you're coaching them. Mm. And the volume that I used to coach six years ago is entirely, you know, I used to coach 10 to 20 classes a week. Now I coach like two classes a week just because that's where I'm at in life. Um, but just connecting to the the bigger reason for them of why they're here, I think is so key. Yeah, definitely. You never know what what's driving that person to come in the door. They might want to be a a highly competitive athlete or they just want to be a good example for their kids or be healthy or get off their medication. Like mm-hmm. I've heard it all. Mm-hmm. And it and it's a great feeling to help someone get towards that. Um I feel like that's something that I can't put into words of how much I'm so grateful for that. Um of helping people get towards what they want and like what they're trying to get to and stuff like that. So um, does that really fill your cup still? I mean, you said you were coaching 20 classes now, you did two. I bet those two classes are so fun to you now, though. They're totally fun. And honestly, I mean, I I would love to be here more, but I, I can't physically be here. And the reason I still do it is for exactly mm. as you said, because I would probably do it for free. And there's times I want to just say to the owners, <laughs> they're going to hear this. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> yeah, right. like, I just want to come in for two hours and like. You know, you, you don't do this for the money. That's the reality. You do this because you're passionate about connecting with people and helping them create space in their life to change. And so, yeah, it definitely feels like If you can't cup. see, I'm like catching the Holy Ghost over here. Like she's <laughs> preaching to my soul right now. I definitely can relate to that. So you are obviously cutting back on your coaching hours. What are you up to now? Like, what are you doing these days? Yeah, I would say like four years ago, kind of had my own food journey and health journey that um, led me to starting my own business, which was heavily food focused. And um, still now it's kind of a container, right? People come to me because most of their goals may surround health and food. Um, But I definitely saw some things happening when I was in, in my first few years of working with men and women regarding food that I realized there's like some deeper level stuff here that was really kind of setting my soul on fire that I wanted to learn more about. So now my business has slightly shifted. And I, I think it's like a, I call it health style because somebody once said, oh, you're a health style coach. And I was like, I'm going to totally steal that term, health style coach, because I do focus on health, but it is a blend of life coaching and the lifestyle component of helping them create not just weight loss, but like ultimately finding who they are as a person and why they're meant to be here and, and for what purpose. Mm. You're also another point of similarity being coaches. You're also a podcast host oh, yes. and yes. you are the oh, host. <laughs> Amanda is the host of the feel amazing naked podcast, which is such a, like it's such a great title That's for a, a podcast. Title. First of all, I'm interested. Uh, I've already subscribed. <laughs> so so. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so funny thing, because you are my woo hippie friend, um, I, I was struggling in my business because I was not feeling an alignment, just to be honest. I was doing this food work, but I was like, I'm not really gratified by like just helping people get ripped six packs. Like there's more to life that's going to peter out. You can't um, subscribe to that level of intensity with your food for that long. Um, and so I was at a retreat with some colleagues and she's like, cut the bullshit. Like, what do you really want to do in life? I was like, I just want to help women feel amazing naked. And she was like, that's it. And ever (laughs) since then, it just has tugged at my heart. And then I kind of did this kind of spin off to create a group program, um, you know, bringing women together, which I think is something I was missing in my own life. And that has added a lot of value to me. So I do one-on-one coaching and then you know, offer a lot of content through the podcast and also through the group program now so women can come with me and we we do all the work, you know, inside work really is where I start because I feel like that's what missing, that was missing. Like for me, I got like the most 
amazing physique that I was seeking to find value in what I looked like. And I got there and I was really, truly unfulfilled. I was mm. like, this, this is it. The light in me sees a light in you. <laughs> I, I can definitely relate. Like everyone that has this journey that they want to be on, especially with their body or what they want. Like it's not starting at the valley and getting to the mountain. Like getting to that mountain peak is like, it's a great feeling. But when you get there, you realize that it was the the from the journey from the bottom to the top that you really got the most out of. So as you for me, like I've done a lot, you know, seen a lot, but it's always those lessons, those bumps in the road, those that a bit of adversity that I hit that like, oh, that's what it was. Like that's what I was supposed to learn. Like it wasn't about winning. It wasn't about getting the better body. It wasn't about any of that. It was all that kind of bumps in the road and tripping on my shoelaces and taking one step forward and then 20 steps back, which happens a lot more than not, is that I think I'm progressing as a human and then I do something and I'm like, whoa, what was I thinking? (laughs) But yes, like it's all about the handling that adversity and then like really find out what you want to do. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And the episode that was it last week's episode I listened to, well, or I'm not sure. You got a sneak peek. Yeah. Oh, you, okay. That well, hasn't even dropped be, yet. Okay, Are we going to get into this one now? This but makes me nervous. By the time that this comes, yours comes <laughs> out, it had already been out. So let's okay. just let's just open it up, just hash it out. Because I was listening to that episode. Thank you for the sneak peek. Um, I forgot that I knew it was a sneak peek, but I wasn't sure if by the time mm. I listened, it had come out. But I was like, it, it, the episode <gasps> is the body image debate. Yes, That's the one you're talking yes, about. Okay. Yes, and everything you were saying is like the like if I could paint my perfect. You as in Michael. You as in Michael. She's looking at me now. Sorry. Yeah. I'm looking away. (laughs) You are looking away. He was like avoiding us. Did you notice that? Um, But everything you were saying just spoke to my heart so much because you're probably listening to us and going, yeah, well, BS, maybe you've you've been to the peak, right? Mm. So it's really hard when you have women like, okay, Amanda, that's all fine and dandy, but I haven't gotten to that place where I feel uber confident in my body yet. So how do I like show me the way? And my feeling is I want to learn from, or my, my belief is I want to share my experiences to just help you along the way so that when you get to that peak, you're not like, this is it. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> like mm. you've done the internal work to understand that, you know, if you don't love your body now, the, the reality is when you get there, you're still not going to love your body. Right. Yes, man. I feel like this is... Why did I arrange this? Yeah, this is me and women for... Okay, this is going to be us for you. We're here for you today, actually. All right, so so one of my biggest things was I think that adversity and not liking something about yourself is the spark for why things happen. When we interviewed Andrea, she was talking about when she was at the grocery store and that credit card didn't go through. She hated that about her life where they were and that motivated change. And one of the things I never said in our episode, Riley, is... We put up, uh, I forget when it was, maybe about a year ago, like, what is your why mm-hmm. on, our, on our boards? And we had one on the basic side and one on the CrossFit side. And Esther pointed this out to me, and I thought this was very fascinating. By and large, the answers on the basic sides for what is your why for wanting to get in shape were physical. I want to, I want to um, look better. I want to feel better. It was all kind of outward stuff. Whereas if you're on the CrossFit side, those became much more uh, ethereal, like, you know, I, I want to have longevity. I, it wasn't so much about how you look. And I thought that was kind of fascinating because mm. we talked about that afterwards, Esther and I. And I, I feel like starting out because you don't like something is normal and okay. And I kind of feel like that's kind of where I am. I, I want to learn how to get past that to, okay, I, I'm not doing this for a six pack. I want to get, I want to feel that disappointment you guys felt when you had six packs at least <laughs> once. Okay. <laughs> and then I, and then I want to know what to do from there. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, not to get a cult, 
into a cultural debate, but I really think that culture is the enemy of that aesthetic goal. Um, if we could strip that part away, I think most of us would come into the CrossFit sphere wanting that like the you said the crossfit side stuff but the pain points we often start with aren't our pain points they are culture's pain points mm. that we're trying to feel like we've got to level up to shift Ooh, say that one more time the program dude we've been programmed. i can rewind that and okay. <laughs> it's cu- the culture's culture's reasons are bringing us in you know it's the and notice like in, and i see it too it's most of it's look better most people in the beginning are not saying feel better and that's right. like for my brand I, you know i chose feel amazing naked notice and not look amazing naked mm, right. because I want to feel on the inside as though, <laughs> you know, I look amazing on the outside. But I, I do believe that so much of the reason we want to shift on the outside is not because we want to, but we feel like we have to. There's a lot of people out there that look like a million bucks. They might be an emotional dumpster fire, <laughs> right? you know, True. and I've, and I've been there before too. I'm like, mm-hmm. I look great, but like my life is in ruins right now. Me too. Yeah. It's and it. And like you said, that feeling like you, you will know that one day we're manifesting that into the universe right now yes. but <laughs> if you like and even like and i really want to say this the right way is like you'll realize that that's that you've you've gonna you're gonna do that work and that development for yourself that that that's what i think the difference between the fitness or like the the basic side and the crossfit side is that i would be willing to say that those people have done a little digging and some internal work that realize that it wasn't about the abs or it wasn't being fit enough to eat Taco Bell and not see any like negative repercussions for it. Like right. they've done some soul searching and they've done some digging and I had some time to really think about what, it, what am I doing this exercise for? Like, are they doing it? Are they doing it for like their body image? And that wears off. I feel like that wears off. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing it for you and for the right reasons, right. then it's just going to, it's an infinite playground for you to, to get better with. And not that you need validation by any means, but I think what you want is okay. Like, I absolutely think it's okay to want to change, to feel better about your skin. But I do think that the order for which we make that change should be opposite. I think that the work we do should start on the inside and then the outside will flow at such more ease because your your headspace is so more clear and you understand, you know, habit formation and how to kind of rewire some of those um, mental thoughts that you're facing um, and then all of a sudden you're like holy shoot I lost weight and I like wasn't really even trying because I was doing some of these other things on a regular basis Amanda what do you think how how would you start that like if someone is wanting to do that emotional work and do this some digging within like where do you think you start with that like how does one even start doing that emotional work Yeah, I think it's identifying the trigger in your life that most holds you back. So is it like stepping in front of the mirror every day and you just see or stepping on the scale? Let's just use a scale because I do think that like it's a great tool, but also our greatest demise, especially in females. You know, if you're stepping on that scale every day and that determines the fate of how you're going to talk to yourself the rest of the day, then it's assessing like, okay, what is that trigger telling me? Why do I keep chasing that negative thought? And, you know, I'm a big teacher of thoughts determine our feelings and we don't really make that connection much in life so a lot of the work I do is helping women see the thought you're you're having right now is determining the way you feel all dang day and that ultimately determines your reality and the only way you shift that is by 
changing your thoughts. And you have to be so crystal clear about when your mind wants to, just going back to that episode again, and, and you've, you just have highlighted, I think, what so many people struggle with. And that's why it resonated with me is like, you keep saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't like the way I look in the mirror and why can't you get your crap together? And so your brain will chase easy. Your brain's doing everything it can to protect itself from change. And although you don't see it, that negative thought is a way of your brain saying, it's going to take a lot more freaking energy to retrain my thoughts. So I'm just going to stay over here. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to mm. protect you and stay safe until you actively become more intentional in your thinking, which totally has this trickle down effect in the results you experience every day. Pause for dramatic effect I, for, no, for I, Michael's I brain. get it. And I like that, but that's so hard to do. It is hard, Michael. It's I, in, supposed to be in, hard. My, in that episode, I talked about being a graphic designer, right? I, I am trained to see things that aren't right and fix them. Like, that's kind of how my mind is trained. How can I be that kind of person with work, but not that person when I look in the mirror? Like, if I see, okay, I don't see, hey, I've got a, I, I love my wife. I've got a great marriage. I love being married to her. Like, that, that I don't see. I see, hey, man boobs. Oh, you know, that, I can't not see that. So what do, how do I what do I do with that? How well, do I think better about having man boobs? Okay, well, first, have you read have you guys read the book Gay, by Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap? No. no. Okay, put it Ooh. on your list. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a talks, big book person. We have Fury Book Club that might Ooh. show up. Okay, it's a good days. one. It's probably one of my top five, uh, along with James Clear's Atomic Habits. Those are like the last few books in the last I like few that years. I that one too. Okay. Um, but you know, he talks about your zone of genius. Like it is, you know, quite. We all have our, our thing that we're really good at. And then we have these blind spots that we can work graphic design to death and we can see how to retrain those things. But if you haven't spent the work going through, as you said, it's hard, um, then you don't know like how to attack that blind spot. But it takes such great self-awareness. And the thing about it is there is no like tangible take home to brain work. You don't get to step on the scale and go, oh, heck yeah, I rewired my thought today. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Look at that progress. There's a, there's one, you know, one rewired thought down. Um, and so it's a totality of, oh, you know, re repetition when it comes to rewiring that thought. And like, hopefully after this conversation, you're going to start to see it. You're going to literally feel that thought come in of like, why do I have man boobs? And you're going to say, I like, I, how can I recreate that thought to like, I'm creating the body I want right now. Right. And look how that feels in your body. Totally different. Like the feeling when I say that out loud is entirely different. And so the more you retrain that thought, then all of a sudden that's part of your belief system. And you start to realize like, Oh, like I was talking about my man boobs like four times a week. Now it's only <laughs> one. And oh my gosh, I don't even think about that now. Mm. So I want to drop some knowledge on you guys real quick. Do you know anything about vampires? Just what I've seen in the movies. Well, vampires can't come into your house unless you invite them in. And that is just the way the negative thoughts work, work for me. It's like those negative thoughts won't come into my head unless I invite them in. Like I've trained my brain to like let that in like anxiety that I have about the future, anxiety I have about my personal life, like those thoughts only fester and can like tear me up inside internally only if I let them in. But knowing that it's coming and having a defense system to like, hit this, like, you know, like punch judo chop it so it doesn't well, enter my brain. fighting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if I have a, like a mechanism that is like, hey, I know this thought's coming in, I don't want it to ruin my day or I don't want to kind of spend time on this today, I'm just not going to let you in the house. I visualize literally my hand taking that <laughs> thought and pushing it out. Mm. And I, I tell people that tool, like taking an eraser, like when you start to feel it coming and pretty soon you get like really quick mm. at doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so he karate, I got karate chops, chops and I, hand erasing. Okay. Yeah. 
So when you, when you see something in yourself you don't like, I, that, that's what I'm trying to get. How do you how do you approach? How do you not not like it? Does that make sense? Yeah. How do you not not like it? So Time. I can understand where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be focused on that. I'm going to be focused on the fact that I go to CrossFit five six days a week, and and I can do that, but. It's still there. It's in the back of my mind. This is still a reality that I've got to deal with. And it's not getting better as fast as I'd like. How do you mm. deal with stuff you don't like about you? Well, I pinpoint the work that I need to do to overcome it. And so something that, you know, I personally struggle with being transparent is judgment has been a big part of my history. And I notice, like I just had this, you know, um, I don't know, I just kind of grew up being quick to judge others. And several years ago, I, I realized that. And for me, what it was is a reflection of like, oh, that's the work I got to do on myself. Mm. Like I'm judging others because it's triggering something in myself. And so I would just attack it. And, and it, I think it just highlights when you don't like something in yourself, then you have to evaluate the thoughts that you, again, think about it. And I love that you said time because it it's not an overnight success and right. you just have to create whatever thought in your brain that works well for you is like, you may not like it right now, but you're, you're doing something to recreate it as you work through it. And sure. that should be the focal point. Yeah. And I like Riley, what you said on that, that episode was that the anger can fuel you for a while, but it won't get you the full distance. Mm. And that, that stuck with me from that last episode it was just like, that's true. Like I can, I can, get results because I'm angry about the way things are and I want to be better and I'm focused on the negatives, but that's not something that's going to, mm. don't going to last long. So, mm. and your, your fitness journey is, is, is your life. Like you're going to live till 80, 85, 130 with artificial intelligence, but <laughs> maybe, but you're going to like, that's a long time to be festering on that. Like, is if like you spend 50 years festering on the, the fact that you're not happy with your body, like that's so much time wasted. There's so much more energy you could have put towards something better. Like, you know, some like being with your kids more, like being just more present with people and relationships. Like it's just wasted energy. And I think it's repetition too. I'm sure you've coached people or been around people at the gym that they come in here and they're pissed because they haven't really progressed. Like their back squat PR is the same as it was six months ago. And so the question is like, what have you been doing? Like how many mm. times have you been getting repetitions to actually drive progress to improve your back squat. And so the same comes with our thoughts. If you're thinking it, you know, six times a week and only one time during that week, you're actually trying to, you know, push it out. Well, then that's one sixth the opportunity that, you know, that you took advantage of. So I really think it comes down to confronting it and at a frequency that's relative to the way it's exposed to you too. Well, talk about that. Talk about frequency a little bit more. I really like that. Like the frequency at which you spend time thinking on something like you think that's important. I absolutely do. Mm. And I, I, I mean, journaling, I saw a post and I know you had Andrea here talking about journaling, but I just think journaling is um, an awesome way to attack some of those goals, not just mind, but body too. And any, you know, it, it's like anything, you know, what, what you bring to the table, um, you know, if, if, if I'm working with an athlete who's 300 pounds and they've never worked out before in their life, the repetitions and frequency for which they have to do something before it's habit formation, is going to be different than, you know, a CrossFitter that's moving here from another state. And I think that's reflective to whatever change we're creating in our life is we have to give ourselves a little grace. Like the old notion of 21 days till it becomes a habit yeah. is kind of bunk and research mm. shows you, depending on the person, it's 15 to, I think, 
don't quote me, but I think it's two, 265 reps or something before that thing you're trying to, to do is actually a part of who you are and a part of your belief system. And so I think that that's it. You've got to give yourself a little grace and go, well, I've attacked it, you know, 10 times. Like maybe I still have another 255 times before mm. I truly believe in it. It was like a 10,000 hour rule or a hundred thousand hour rule where you're not good at anything until you've put that much time into it. Yeah. Like good sports athletes, like there's a rules. Like once you've like summited 10,000 hours of playing your sport, you're now considered good. Yeah. So if we haven't put 10,000 hours of self-work or improving like our mental, you know, framework, like, are you even good at being like having a good mindset? Right. 10,000 well, hours. Something that I think was weird about funny about that, um, that specific post I was talking about is I was actually doing something where I was putting in hours to try to get pull-ups mm. better, right? Because pull-ups was something that I've been struggling with. I've been working hard on them. And when I was doing that, I saw something different that I didn't like. So I was, I was working on something that I was bettering myself at, but I still, my mind said, yeah, but mm. look at this. You know what I mean? But so what a breakthrough moment. You know, perhaps that what you, that's like, that was maybe necessary for you to push in a different trajectory to go, mm, I, I need some other tools in my toolbox now to continue the growth pattern. Yeah. Well, what you wow. thought, what you probably thought was the important part of getting the pull up was now not the important part by learning how to talk to yourself. There's a kind of maybe even flip flopped a little bit, hopefully. I'm working on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. It's, it's always work. It's frequency work and repetition, right? The work never ends, Michael. The work never <laughs> ends. Right. The work never ends. There's no finish line. In the word of David Goggins, there is no finish line. We don't have, like, Amanda does not have anything figured out. And guess nope. what? I don't have anything figured out. The more that I do, the less that I know. I don't know so shit true. about shit. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. And then you just want to know more and yeah. know more. And you realize how tiny you are yeah. this big. Well, my, uh, uh, my debit card is like... Um, the printout, like the, the design on it is like our galaxy and like uh, the small Milky Way galaxy is just this little pinpoint on the part of this huge part of space. And anytime I'm just feeling like crap or like, like, oh yeah, we're just all a little dot within this huge cosmos of, of life. And I'm feeling bad because I didn't do something that I wanted to do. Right. But just, that's how insignificant we are. Mm. It, it's like everything matters, but nothing matters at, at the same time. Nice. So your debit card gives you your therapy. I won't, I won't, well, when I'm spending all my money, I think, well, I can't take it with me. I'm just a little dot on this little space. So, well, I, I definitely love the advice and I appreciate the advice on, on my issues, but <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's even expand it more. They're not just yours. Yes. They're, they're not. All of ours. Yes. So let's expand it more, more along toward your podcast. Um, you, you deal, this is a podcast specifically for women. Um, yeah. how is, how are the things I'm going through similar and what's, what's different? What do you want women to know? Cause that's one of the issues I had with our podcast. It was just him and it was me. And I have, <laughs> and my wife is like, you, you got to be careful because women don't view body image the same way as men. So, uh, you know, what, how can we bridge that gap? Like what, what, what expertise do you have that you would give to women? I actually think that we do. I think that, you know, I started working with men and women. And over time, I just feel like I have more. You. <laughs> yeah, I work with, I still work with a lot of men. I just choose to work with men. I'm more particular about the men I work with now because I only want men who are have a willingness to change because right. I'm like, there is no time for you to not to use the tools that we're going to 
that we're going to be, you know, adding to your toolbox. I think they're really similar. I think men, as we were kind of talking about before we even got started, men are have a lot less willingness to be vulnerable about their poor relationship with their body. And I think culturally, women have a little bit more pressure on them for perfection. And so, and I think we feel it from youth. We feel it really, really young, where I don't think for men, so many start to feel it into later in life. And I think I bring a different flair too, because being a mom definitely like adds this layer of, you know, complexity to body image. And so I speak to that a lot on the podcast too. I mean, any woman would get gain value, but you'll hear me talk a lot about balance um, because, you know, I'm a mom and I also run a business and I also have a husband who schedules freaking crazy. And I think that is, you know, just a massive struggle point. It's like, how do we balance the crappy feelings we have for ourselves mm. when we're just trying to survive and keep our head above water? What I, what I really enjoy, well, I don't know. I listen to maybe I've subscribed to maybe one or two like women podcasts. And that is like seeing like the, clo- the like, code of the matrix. Like if you listen, <laughs> like that's doing some justice for myself. Like if I can get any insight of how a woman's mind works, like as a man, like that you're seeing like they're they're putting it out there it's like whether you're listening to it or not and it'll make your life so much easier i think as a man if you can you can take this and try to put it into your life because you know you're just making it hard on yourself sometimes we like to do that to ourselves oh yeah i am the team captain of making things much harder than they have to be team captain all american <laughs> heisman trophy winner i make things way harder than i have to so hall of fame nice. yes exactly yeah so maybe like and another thing that came to mind while she was talking is like, we are all the same problems. Like, I think that can't be stressed enough is that like, it's, I don't know. We talked about it and this was on the episode is this is a people problem. Body image is a, is a people problem. It's not really, I don't like to classify it as like a woman's problem or a man's problem. Everyone has that battle. And whether, you know, I said Rich Froning's body or, or someone else's body, like they're all struggling with that the same, I think. And I think the the other thing to think about, too, because so many of the women that listen to me are our moms is even though like there's just another layer as mother of bandwidth that takes up the space in our brain, um, because, you know, I even talk about it with my own husband. He gets, you know, we're both working, you know, hard, um, but he just doesn't have to think about like, the in, you know, the ins and outs of the the day to day that happens with, you know, our kids or whatever, that's a responsibility for the most part, I've assumed. And what I see is that that creates so much resentment in women. And that then like has this trickle down to how they feel about themselves. And, and it's kind of this like cascading downward spiral of events. And I think that is a little bit of difference for women as well. I think it was huge for me to realize that a man's brain and a woman's brain just operate on different, different frequencies. And we're never going to like, I mean, we can try our best. We can try to understand the, the opposite, but we, we just, our mindsets are, our mind, not mindset, but just the way things go on in our head is just different. Yeah. And, and you, she's never going to have the same kind of brain I have, and I'm never going to have the same brain she has, but the, the more that we can communicate on that is the better because, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's hard to get on the same page sometimes. I, you, since your episodes are generally geared toward women, bettering themselves mentally, physically, all that kind of stuff, you may think think about doing like an insider podcast on men, how to understand your women a little bit. That might be a fun that podcast for you to fun. do. Yeah, well, then you'll have to come back and do yes. that episode. What would I say? Yeah, you'd have plenty to talk about, dude. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be interesting. So, Well, I'm putting that on my <laughs> list To-do now. list. Yeah. Well, like, awesome. as much as 
guys wonder what women are thinking, women are wondering what guys are thinking. Do you think so? You think that's not a lot up there? It's pretty. (laughs) Well, it's mostly just like oh, a a rock, or like (laughs) oh, a shiny, shiny pencil. Food. Yeah, right. Food. A lot of food. Well, that keeps both. Yeah. Party's happy, True. let's be honest. True. So I do have a question that my wife wanted me to ask you. Ooh. Okay. Now, my wife's a pretty confident person. She looks great. She's She joined CrossFit she's about a, a year ago, and she's been a big inspiration to me. But she says, can you feel amazing naked if you're not actively doing stuff to better yourself? Like, if, if you're not trying to get in shape, is it possible to feel amazing naked? Or does that have to go with what you're doing? Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Okay. I agree That's with your wife. That's the question she wanted me to ask. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that you can. I think that you have to actively be taking out steps in your life to better. And I believe it starts with the body. I think it's like the core foundation. I think, though, that the degree or the intensity for which that happens is going to look different for everyone. You know, I have a client who is on a, a basically a 150 pound weight loss journey. She started with me at like 300 pounds. And so her, her, um, pursue pursuit of, you know, fitness is just getting out and walking. And now she's had this, you know, a stair clamor elliptical in her living room now for over four months. And she has not been able to step on it. Like literally walks by it every single day. And because she doesn't feel good and because she feels like five minutes isn't enough, Um, she's just like, eh, F it. I'm not going to get on it. So we really had to work through and break through some of those barriers. And my point to saying that is I don't think that, um, you know, sometimes we might look on the outside and think like, oh, you know, you know, maybe make some judgments based on aesthetic appearance. But I think that you have to be in the active pursuit of bettering yourself. And a lot of women aren't ready for the physical part. Like they have to work so much on the internal stuff of just being able to get out of bed and find some sort of habit to to work on that. um, Then the, the physical stuff kind of will eventually, you know, come alongside it. But I agree with your wife 100%. There has to be forward motion in order to feel amazing naked. And I do believe there might be a facade Mm. (laughs) that people might claim otherwise, but I think there's got to be all of it happening. And I believe it's the core of the body is the core. I feel like the progress will be tenfold if if they start inside. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, Amanda. Um, What is an example in your mind of self-care? Like what does self-care look like to you? It's funny you ask that because in my program, we're, we're recording this in June. And so in my group program, we have themes. And so I have um, experts that come in and also teach into my program. I have doctors and psychologists and meditation experts or whatever, mindfulness experts. So self-care is June. Mm. And, um, you know, my version of self-care is anything that you are doing in your life that really like speaks to your soul and Mm. you do it and you walk away going like, I need that in my life so consistently because I feel this way that I, you know, and then you stop, right? You get out of the habit or something like journaling. um, And you're like, oh my gosh, I realized how good I felt doing that thing that I I have to have it in my life. So I think that term is definitely like misused nowadays. It's like it's buzzworthy. Yeah. It's the glass of wine with the girlfriend or the pedicure or whatever. And I I disagree with that. But for me, self-care is, you know, meditation, fitness, and uh, journaling. I mean, those are the three things (laughs) that are, that do it for me. Mm. And of course, good food, but I feel like that's not necessarily self-care. That's like (laughs) a vital, a vital skill set. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between like doing that once every so often and then like doing that every day and every meal and like, like feeding that, literally feeding that just part of you that wants that kind of 
comfortability and like that feeling that food gives you. And there's no doubt in my mind, everyone can relate that like sometimes food makes you feel good. There's definitely like some type of chemical messengers that are released through food that make you feel like you're awesome. And then 20 minutes later, you feel like, you know, a dumpster fire. Yeah. And and so then I like to ask my ladies and my men, like, did that really make you feel good? Mm. And the answer is no, it didn't. It did for a short time. And I think that the more we expose ourselves to foods that have a long-term feel-good effect, the more we realize that those are the ones we went, we want into our, our life. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like the law of attraction and feelings and emotions, right? The same happens with food. Like the more we bring into our life high-level, high-quality foods, the more good things happen to us, right? Mm. The more results we have with fitness, the more energy we have, the more, you know, I, I don't know, it's just such a rapid, you know, upward spiral um, that I think it's, it's well all connected. And I think that is like, not just one time a day, but let's get to two times a day, mm. <laughs> three times a day. And that is a, a really important form of self-care. Yeah. I think that that food is a vice that people medicate with. Like it's the cheapest drugs you can buy at the store, especially how cheap things are to, to have now. We can go to the food store and make ourselves feel good for a little bit and then we still got to deal with whatever we're still dealing with. Do you think people use food as a vice and like um, speak on like emotional eating or like emotional connection to food? I feel like that's something that, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It happens, but I feel like we need to shed light on that topic as well. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at just our common culture, we do everything possible to avoid discomfort in our lives. Like we're in this gym and what's the first thing I did? I'm like, let me turn on the big fan so we don't sweat. And here we are. I'm dripping with sweat, by the way. Yeah. Um, You know, we have full blown AC. We refrigerate our drinks. We have towels at the gym because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. And so I think though that that has projected an inability for us to deal with uncomfortable emotions. And so in our everyday life, we find things that help us avoid feeling all the feels. Mm. Um, And that could be food, that could be wine. For a lot of women, it's just the act of doing, like unrest. Like they got to do all the things in the house because they literally got, I find myself, this was, you know, is still a struggle for me is I don't know how, what it feels like just to sit mm. and have that awkward silence. Cause that's hard for me or for me, exercise was my coping mechanism for a lot, a lot of the time. And so the, the component of that is until you start to just create the space to feel those emotions and understand that like, it's okay to feel uncomfortable and to have space to feel emotions. That's really what we're designed to do. But even like, children you know right away your kid gets hurt what's the first thing you do like let me get you a bandaid come here let me hold you or they get a bad experience you're like oh we're gonna go get ice cream right we teach them from a very young Mm -hmm. age to not be comfortable with dealing with discomfort and I think that in my coaching I try to bring women into a place to realize like it's four o'clock and you just ate all the chips and salsa (laughs) you didn't eat them because you were hungry or maybe they Mm. did, which is an underlying, you know, root cause issue, but stop for a minute. Like, why did you eat all the chips and salsa? Well, my kids were just screaming. I'm like, okay, Mm. so your kids were screaming. How did that make you feel? Well, I'm pissed. I'm frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, all right. So are you an emotional eater? Mm. Oh my gosh. Like we eat when we're happy. We eat when we're sad. We eat when we're stressed. And so then it's rather like, if you want to really establish a trajectory of change, then you got to find an alternative way to deal with those feels. So you can, you know, reduce that emotional connection. And I think it does require what I call like, you know, just chasing the root cause. Mm. If you really want to, you know, 
the bottom line is we all know what to freaking do on paper and we can't. Mm. And it's not because we don't know we should eat, you know, a balanced plate. It's because something is preventing us from making that choice. And it could be the chaos of your life and poor planning, right? And that poor planning is usually because, you know, a d- deeper cause. But oftentimes we can't because we're living on this emotional roller coaster. And so we experience the highs really hard. And then the moment we slip away from that highs, we, we don't know how to cope with our emotions. So we stay here for so long um, that we're kind of like, how the hell do I get back up? And so I really look at like, how can I bring the people I work with? Like, how can I help them close the gap in that emotional roller coaster? Because that just help, then they can just make choices out of clarity rather than emotional response. And I think that's the, the end game that, you know, really is a long term you know, healthy lifestyle. So you've been talking about this retreat. You have some type of an event coming up. Like speak on that a little bit if you can. Oh, I do. Um, yeah, let's plug away. Because I'm, <laughs> okay. you're, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Is it for women only? Well, or? it is. Well, um, oh, God. I'm Here sorry. We go. Getting excluded I'm sorry. Again. <laughs> um, well, we have a day event. Um, Andrea, who was on one of the ep- other episodes, we kind of, um, you know, she left her job and we both have really helped each other on kind of this journey of growth. We had this idea to put together a day event called All the Real Things, where we talk about all the real things that uh, affect women. So uh, that's not till November 15th. And then I am hosting for the first time ever a private retreat for like 10 to 12 women, um, mostly clients open to the public, where we do a lot of this deep wives, deep dive into their life, super intimate setting in Sedona. The best um, <laughs> place to do any introspection. Nice. Seriously, I've done some good yeah, work there. Yeah, seriously. me too. So the um, vortex will get you. I've all never in been there. there. Do you believe that? Never? I know. Oh, from, are you from here? No, yes. I, but I came here in '96. Yes, you're, you're from, from here. here. <laughs> right. Yes. So you need can to you believe go. I haven't been up there. It's beautiful. Never been in go. the vortex, man. No, it's it'll some, killer, it's a dude. Beautiful space. Exactly. Okay. So what are you going to do up in that space? Um. So I mean, we have four days together, and we do just a lot of, like I said, a lot of practices and coaching um, for them to look a little bit deeper, connect. We're going to be doing all sorts of food building and cooking together. And just, it's really like a pluck when you pluck women in men. I really think everybody honestly should have a retreat experience because you pluck yourself out of your day-to-day life and you're forced to deal with yourself Mm. and your thoughts. And that's like the most uncomfortable experience ever. And I think just that space is really important for like self-growth, spiritual growth, body growth, you know, we're going to work out, do yoga, that kind of thing. So to shift gears a little bit, changing subjects, um, I wanted to talk about your parents yeah. and their working out because um, one of the, when I first started following you, I just was following people who are CrossFitters across the valley. And I, my wife and I did the Festivus Games at CrossFit Archangel. And one of the events we did, we were next to this older couple. It was a husband and wife working really hard. They were, they were in the master's group. And we, we noticed that there were grandkids there saying, way to go, Papa and Grammy. And we, we just thought that was so cool. And then a couple of days later, you posted that. And I was like, whoa, I didn't realize that was your parents. So you've got parents who are CrossFitters, not just CrossFitters, but CrossFit competitors in, <laughs> in the Festivus games. Talk about that a little bit. Is, Michael's our number one fan, by the way. Please know, pass so us so along. You, if you would have seen it, oh, it, yeah, it was so inspiring. I yeah, I love that. So talk about that a little bit. I'd like to hear their story. Yeah. So my mom started, I mean, I've been here for forever and I kind of just reached out to her years ago. I want to say she's been 
crossfitting now three plus years, somewhere in the range of three or four years. And um, she's not really been an athlete ever in her life. And she was just kind of sedentary and wanted something. And, and the truth of the matter is like anything I do, she wants to do. Mm. <laughs> My husband kind of jokes around that. Um, so she came and she just started, um, you know, showing up regularly and the community and the owners like welcomed they were, everybody was quite inspired by her. And so then I convinced her to do her first CrossFit Games. I think we've done three. So every year when the games roll around now, since she's been a part of the, the, uh, the gym, she and I like do all the workouts together, which is kind of fun. And um, then my dad secretly like had this like closet desire to be here. Um, and so he's kind of come on board in the last, I don't know, three months or so. So, and like true of my dad fashion like he goes all in of so it's like not only am I not really going to be crossfitting long but I'm also going to do a competition in the first month I've ever crossfitted so, oh, so he's a, only a month in literally yes. just a month in so all okay. those movements we'd been practicing and going over both That's here in the gym ass. and at home and I mean he has no Olympic lifting experience really not much other than like kind of global lifting hmm. experience before then so it, it's pretty new but um it's definitely part of the culture you know our kids are here too and they try to crossfit you know do CrossFit kids when they can. So everybody's trained for each other. Well, see, that's what I loved about it is to see their generation. And I knew they were grandkids there. So to see that kind of influence is huge to me because I'm at an age where my parents and my wife's parents, we'd really like to get them involved. So I guess my question would be, how do you get someone involved at that age if you said your mom was never an athlete before, mm. that's what I hear all the time. Well, I, I don't, I don't work I got to get in shape before I do CrossFit. Oh I, my gosh, yes, yeah. that's, the the, that's the thing. So just talk about that a little bit. How, how do people in older generations, how, how can we get them involved with this? You know, Greg Glassman style with the broom snatches, that kind of stuff. If it works, dude, yeah. do it. I think you just have to strip away the egoic part of it because mm. it is intimidating to walk in here and hear, you know, weights and barbells clanging around. Um, but I think it takes a delicate coaching staff too, to show that. And, and the culture has to be like, you can modify the heck out of any workout and you and I are still all getting the same thing out of it. So I think that's a part of it, but, but at home is just having the conversation, um, of the importance. It's funny you asked that because today I posted on my social media, a little graphic that says, um, motion is lotion, which my dad has like embedded <laughs> in me since I don't know how many years about like, if you want to feel better moving, then guess what? You have to move. Motion is lotion. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And so, um, he's always said that and he's really always been active too. And I think that, um, it's, it's, just like doing whatever you can to incentivize them to just get started so they can see how good it feels on the other side. So I think just connection, bringing them into the space, inviting them to come to a competition and watch. They mm. can see other people that are in their 70s and 60s doing it and know that, um, you know, you're alongside them and they may finish last or mm. they may do, you know, um, PVC snatches the entire time and it's irrelevant to the end game. Well, I, I have no idea who won the Festivus Games, but I rem remember them. So yeah. they were a big influence on me. Yeah, the connection so cool. I had with my mother back home. And like my mom's always been into fitness, marathon runner. You know, she was a cycle. She did cycle as well. She was an instructor. And like my mom never tried CrossFit. I had been coaching at the gym for three years before my mom had ever um, coach cross or ever come and tried to the gym, even walk to the door. So I'm there for three years. And then she finally is interested to like to come and think and to see it. And when you get older, you realize that your parents do so much things because they love you. Mm -hmm. Like my mom didn't care anything about this. Like she was like, whatever, but she knew that I really loved it. And so she was willing to come to the door and try it. 
Um, yeah, sorry, it's kind of missing my mom a no. little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so she came in and tried CrossFit, and she was able to do like the whole open, and to and I judged her on every workout, and to share that with her was it was really special for me. Oh man. Good though, That's you're good. feeling all the feels. That's yeah. good. That's what you're supposed um, to do. Yeah, so Tell it was this is not on video. I'd like yeah, to see this on video. <laughs> so, so who would start a cut of onion? Always over a here? good friend to put you back. <laughs> but like, just that connection that we shared for that amount of time, and like, it has a special place in my heart. Like, and I know that she only did that because she loved me so much. And I just really kind of miss that sometimes when I'm out here in Arizona. So I love yeah. you, mom. Fly her out. Come on. Yeah. Come well, back. well, I got to go visit. Soon. I got to meet her too. I, yeah, a, she's I haven't a met her. Sweet lady. She's the only lady that pisses me off though. Yeah. <laughs> like no one other, no other person has the power over me to make me angry. But that woman, no, she wanted to make it's, me want to rip my eyebrows off. <laughs> it's, it's the beauty of the whole situation. Yeah, it's wow. both the, the contrast. Yeah. So having that connection with fitness, with your whole family is like, it's made it better. Like it's enriched that relationship you've had with your parents, with Heidi and you want to share with your, like, I can't explain that to people. I can't put it into words of like no. how more of a emotional connection you have with that, that part of your family through this realm. And I'm just always so grateful for CrossFit because it's been able to give me that with my mom. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Damn. I can't believe I started crying. It's all right. Yeah. Well, we like to end these things with like parting words or like something that you think people need to hear. It could be super simple. It could be stoic. It could be like something you're struggling with. Like just leave people with something of them to go be like, Oh, I needed to hear that. Yeah. I think like, I'll just go off what I think my greatest take home is, um, you know, there's no happiness ahead of you that you don't have right now. So it's really learning to be present with what is, with you in the moment and enjoy the journey um, because I think we're always looking like when I just get there it's mm. going to be better but this moment is spectacular to too yeah. and so I think that's fantastic enjoy the now be and present eat lots of fruits and vegetables yes okay, exactly <laughs> well, you have to I say was, that right? <laughs> what you should start doing in, in your classes that you do is I always give a poll like how many vegetables have you eaten today if you've eaten one raise your hand if you've eaten two and like just keeping people constantly like thinking about eating vegetables I always seem to ask people what they've eaten when they've eaten in and out they're like shit the day, the day I eat in and out you ask me what I had for lunch <laughs> I had lettuce that's yeah. a vegetable <laughs> exactly my favorite is bacon bacon's my favorite oh, vegetable yeah. like what nope. the opposite a vegetable is bacon. So, man, if people want to follow you online yeah. or get connected with your podcast, some of the events you're doing, where, where would they go? Yeah, so you can find me on any of the podcasting spaces, Feel Amazing Naked podcast. You can visit me at feelamazingnaked.com. And um, probably my most active space is um, Instagram as far as social media and Pinterest at A Walk My Way would be those places. So if you have questions, you want to connect, um, just DM me, send yes. me an email, and I reply to everyone and love talking to people. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you giving me some expert advice on my issues. I, I know there are many, and I, I will keep working on them, and Riley's going to be around me all the time. Well, so yeah, I'll be the answer. Get a little buzzer in his ear, too, but thank you. We appreciate it. I'm so excited it's, it's great to, be to meet with people guys. with the thank same you. kind of thought process in mind. So I definitely, like, this isn't it. I feel like the universe is setting us up yeah. something else. So I appreciate the cool. opportunity. Cool. It was great having you. Thank you. But what I really